Coit bowls and it's worked away. That's the winning runs. Litchfield hits a boundary behind square leg and the Thunder are home with two balls to spare and five wickets. Rachel Haynes and with that beautiful strike, the Thunder race onto the ground. It is their second WBBL title and what a way to bring it up. They've been magnificent. A lot of people didn't think they'd make the four. They had faith in their team, faith in the semi when they were almost out of it. And the celebrations will go long into the night. It is a very warm welcome to the Cricket Library podcast. Robbie McKinlay, are you still celebrating like I have been? Well, Maddie, good day, and good day there to all our listeners, and good day to Thunder Nation, who are still yes, we are still in a celebratory mode, no doubt about it. Oh, Maddie, I actually wore, I wore my Thunder uh, playing shirt today at work. There, <laughs> oh. we, you might have noticed, Matt, a staff meeting, and I had the Thunder shirt on. I couldn't help it; I just had to do it, just to rub it into any of those Sixers supporters out there. But um, no, it was fantastic. I must admit I had my Thunder training shirt on today, so we covered our bases there. So that's that's a good result for the Thunder. We're now, t- Matt, you have Thunder pyjamas, don't you? <laughs> I didn't really like, expect that to get brought up here, Robbie. That's probably more a private. Yeah. Uh, I remember, I, I think <laughs> I roomed with you at Orange one uh, yeah. evening for a function, for, a, for yeah. a meeting cricket, and I I was jealous. I went home jealous. I said to my wife, I said, Matt Ellis has got Thunder Pyjamas. Yeah, they're not officially licensed product Thunder Pyjamas, but no. they are they are unofficial uh, cricket library yeah. Thunder Pyjamas. And, yep. and why wouldn't you wear them? What a magnificent WBBL final. We're going to wrap that up in a minute. We're going to hear from Phoebe Litchfield. You caught up with her after school one afternoon uh, during the week, so looking forward to hearing that, and we're going to bat bowl and detol our way through the uh, detol ODI series that has just been completed as well. So plenty for us to get through, Robbie, and let's kick it off with the best game of cricket to come in a long time for a Sydney Thunder fan. Thunder, getting the job done against the Melbourne Stars in the WBBL decider. Yeah, well, last time we spoke, we had, we were on a high because we'd just come <laughs> off a victory against the Brisbane Heat. And we were we were pretty happy to be in the final, weren't we, Matt? To we were. We thought, oh, how, how good is this? This is great. Look, you know, there'll be no pressure on us going into that final. And um, you know what? That's the way it sort of panned out. Um, yeah, Meg Lanning won the toss and batted. Hey, I've got no issue with that. And I'm, Trent Woodhill was the same. They thought that runs on the board in a final is a really good idea. Goodness me, they've got such a good batting lineup. But what they didn't allow for was the magnificent bowling by the Sydney Thunder. Matty, I thought uh, obviously Sammy J. Johnson had the ball hooping around, and Shabnam Ismail. Oh. Whoa, didn't she turn it on again? And despite the fact Thunder dropped five catches in that innings, and I think Melbourne Stars would have played and missed at least 10 times. They had a comfortable victory with, um, you know, seven wickets to spare and all, six and a half overs, Matt. It turned out it was a thumping victory. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you around the coin toss, Robbie. Uh, in a final, win the toss, get some runs on the board. 
Like even if if the uh, stars there make it to around one twenty, you, you're yep. probably thinking game right on. But nine for eighty six was probably never going to be enough, and the work with the new ball that the the, the two ladies with the new ball two for twelve, two for eleven, Ismail and Johnson respectively. Uh, what a tournament Sammy Joe Johnson's had. That's three WBBL titles in a row yeah. for her. Two with the Heat now. One with the Thunder, uh, incredible talent, and then the wicket shared amongst the rest of the bowlers. Everyone who bowled took a wicket, and then in the run chase, uh, Robbie Tammy Beaumont struck them cleanly at the top, as did Rachel Treneman, former guest on the Cricket Library Weekly, uh, Heather Knight and Rachel Haynes icing the cake at the end to get the job done. Twenty six not out and twenty one not out, respectively. Uh, a fairly clinical run chase, uh, all being said and done, wrapped it up in the 14th over. Yeah, I thought, um, yeah, just even Rachel Treneman's little innings at 23 and, and Beaumont, they, you know, when you're none for 24, chasing that target, one for 44, not too much can go wrong. They did momentarily three for 54, you know, in at about the halfway point, but who would visit crease? Heather Knight and Rachel Haynes, two of the most experienced you know, the English captain and the um, Australian vice captain, great position to be in. And both those players just did it really well. It just capped off a really good um, campaign for Rachel Hayne. With the, I thought her leadership was outstanding right throughout. She just found the right niche with the uh, Thunder team. So many young players in that side, Matty. Um, but they led from the front, her and Heather Knight. And Sammy Joe Johnson really came to the party, I thought, during the final series. Um, and when you listen to the interview with Phoebe Litchfield, you'll get a bit of an understanding that she was a very calming influence on that young side. And, you know, as you said, mate, it's three in a row for her now, titles, um, two with the Brisbane Heat before she saw the light and came to the Thunder. Um, yeah, outstanding. And, and, of course, her mate with that new ball, um, Shabnim Ismail, absolutely outstanding. Bob with great pace, moved the ball around. And um, as the Thunder uh, hierarchy said, don't take credit away from the Sydney Thunder bowling. They were absolutely outstanding. And just another uh, tick for Rachel Haynes on her captaincy. Remember a game you were calling at the Hurstville Oval, Thunder v Hurricanes, and yep. it got to the final oval over and, and Rachel Haynes backed young Hannah Darlington to get the job done, bowling to a, a rampant Rachel Priest at the time, one of the most destructive batters in the WBBL when she's going. And she threw the ball to Darlington, put that confidence in her. Thunder win by one run. If Thunder lose that game, they're potentially not even playing finals. And then that experience that Darlington had there, and then to follow that up with the work that she did in the semifinal to get the result, those two wickets in two balls against the Brisbane Heat, uh, you've got to – you've got to give the players confidence to be able to execute. And I feel that Rachel Haynes certainly did that with, with the mix of youth and experience that she had at her disposal in the squad and uh, a magnificent finish. I, I must admit, Robbie, when Meg Lanning was dropped early on, on Saturday night, I, I looked at my kids and we, we were a little bit nervous at, at the Burrabedeen household watching that thinking, oh, no, Meg, Meg might really cash in here. But it turned out turned out that uh, 
there were plenty more chances to come and well done Sydney Thunder. Uh, Trevor Griffin as well, we must tip our hat to him, the, the smiling assassin. Can we yeah. call him that, the smiling assassin? I don't, oh, I don't think I've, do. ever, I don't think I've ever seen him um, even with a straight face, let alone a, yep. a frown. He seems like an yep. up and about um, person, a really positive influence to have around the club as well. So, well done, Thunder. Yeah, big tick, Matty. Hey, well done to the Stars too. They got into their first final series ever, uh, finished on top of the table. They were fantastic throughout. Oh, they were great to watch throughout, Matty. And just unfortunate them, um, Bellani missed out during the final series and um, Mignon Dupria, who was out for naught and four. So that took a fair bit away from them. But um, they were fantastic. As was the whole competition, Matty, um, cannot find one negative thing about it all. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it certainly was, Robbie. And how about we have a listen uh, now to Phoebe Litchfield reflecting on her time at the Thunder this season and she caught up with you, Robbie McKinley, earlier in the week. We'll have a listen now. Hi, this is Renee Farrell and I wanted to let you know that the latest episode of the Cricket Library Weekly with Matt Ellis and Robbie McKinley is hot off the press. Make sure you subscribe today at your favourite podcast provider. Well, what a sensational win by Sydney Thunder on Saturday evening over the Melbourne Stars and playing a big part in the Thunder's triumphant season was a young lady from Orange by the name of Phoebe Litchfield and she joins me now on the Cricket Library Weekly. G'day, Phoebe. Hello, Robbie. How are you doing? Oh, fantastic. Now, look, first up, I feel a bit out of my depth interviewing you after your starring role as roaming Phoebe after the final on Saturday night. <laughs> that looked like a lot of fun. Yeah, it was quite fun. They pretty much just handed me the microphone and I was like, what do I do with this? And they were just like, go speak to your teammates. And I'll, yep, and that's where it went. Well, you did a great job. I, I really enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, so well done. I think there's... Um, there's a future post-career on the mic for you, Phoebe. Let's hear it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, hey, um, Phoebe, WBBL champions for 2020. What was the feeling like when the winning runs were scored and what's it still like now? Um, yeah, I just can't believe it happened, to be honest. Um, we, yeah, scrapped to the semifinals and I think after that win against the Heat, we were all very surprised um, and just, yeah, amazed by that. We... We sort of carried through that um, confidence and the excitement into the final, and yeah, we pulled off a miracle. Yeah, having watched a lot of the um, WBBL during the season, Phoebe, my honest appraisal was that the two best, the two hardest sides that were going to be to, to defeat for you guys were going to be Brisbane Heat and the Melbourne Stars, and you just semi-final win over one and a final win over the other. That really does make you a worthy champion. Yeah, I think it does, and it shows that. Yeah, we called some slack about not maybe not having the strongest sire, but I think going in as underdogs was actually quite um, good for us because we had no pressure and we just went out and played. And, yeah, I think our bowling attack to start off was just amazing and it, it carried through the innings, which was good. Yeah, it was quite a – it was an unusual game that where your bowlers dominated so much, let the, yet there was still, I think, five chances put down, but it just felt like you guys could take a wicket with any ball. Yeah, it was so, so annoying. We just kept on dropping the chances, but they just kept on coming, which was great. And I think we, yeah, because we were in such a good position, um, we could sort of afford to drop them, but we did not mean them to drop them anyway. And yeah, like Shab's, Shabney Ishmael dropped one and she never drops them. So I think there was, there was a bit of nerves, but um, yeah, we got it done in the end. Hey, you just mentioned Shab's there, Ishmael. 
Could you tell from your position that she was bowling just a, probably one of her quickest spells for the competition? Yeah, she was just up and about, wasn't she? Um, moving the ball. I think the the greatest thing was her movement. Um, yeah, you can bowl quick, but moving the ball is such a such a skill, and um, it definitely challenges the best in the world. So I think having that skill, along with Sammy Joe Johnson, um, they were yeah swinging around corners. So I think definitely got us to a good start. Yeah, what sort of role did Sammy Joe Johnson play, Phoebe? Because I thought she bowled superbly. She bowled as well as um, Ishmael. You know, they were both brilliant. But you know, she, it was her third consecutive title. Um, was it just great having her in the side with that experience? Oh, definitely. I think she was such a leading role. Like, well, obviously, she's leading wicket taker, which was amazing. But her off-field presence was amazing around the group and her leadership, um, both on and off the field. But more off the field, she was a great role model for me and the youngest, the younger um, athletes. Yeah, and Phoebe, just going in at the start of the tournament, you, we just touched on it before there that there there was no sort of real perceived pressure on the Thunder. Not too many expect you to make the top four. Did you guys feel that right from the start? And what, what was your um, ambition before game one? What did Trevor have planned for you? I think we were really confident, to be honest, with our um, international signings of the two English stars and Shabs, and then we got Sammy Joe. I think we had some confidence, and, um, yeah, I definitely thought that the um, outside viewers were pinning us down a bit. Um, but, yeah, I guess in that first match, we just went out there and played our cricket. We had a few washouts, which was a bit of a bugger. But that first game, we were just excited to play cricket and um, everything just went well, which was good. What were the celebrations like after the win? Was it back to the bubble? And um, obviously you at your age, Phoebe, couldn't uh, join in in some parts of celebrations, but yeah. it must have been pretty crazy stuff, I'd imagine. Yeah, the final celebrations was great. We um, got back in our change room, sung the song, and then we went out on the pitch and sat in a circle with the trophy in the middle and we all said a few words and congratulated everyone. It was really, really nice, um, really special moment. And then we went back to the hub um, after a bit and, yeah, everyone had a really good night, which was great. And, Phoebe, one of the things that really um, stood out for myself looking at that squad is how many um, regional New South Wales players there was in that squad. Yeah, definitely. I think um, Thunder works well with the country pathway um we sort of feed into that so um yeah we've got some great young talent and also um ex-country talent like sammy joe johnson's an ex-country player so she's definitely um taken the long road to come back to thunder but um yeah, yeah definitely where she's supposed to be and great to have her back and um yeah now, trevor griffin he's a guy that sort of you don't hear a lot about him you don't see too much whenever you do see him he's always smiling uh, obviously <laughs> yes. from england and he's got He's got the ability to make cricket enjoyable. There's no doubt about that. But what else makes him a good coach? Yeah, I think he's just so enthusiastic. Um, every training session, every game, he's just so bubbly and um, always looking for the positives, I think. a lot of Sometimes you can dwell on the negatives, but obviously we address those negatives, but um, most of it is positive chat. And I think that's a really good attribute to have as a coach, um, especially when in tournament play you've got no time to dwell on the – well in the past so I think um, his ability to get us up for the next game and um, have us prepared was really really good and obviously a great result for the team but uh, if you're looking back on your season how do you assess your own performance with the bat and obviously in the field where you're almost now a specialist outfielder taking a lot of catches and just keeping the scoring to one how, how did you look back on your um, two, your um, WBBL 06 yeah it was a challenge I think um, coming back the second year 
Um, everyone knows plans too, and I think um, I may have – I didn't have the greatest opportunities as last year because we had a really good um, middle order this year. But, um, yeah, I think the, the opportunities I had with the bat, um, I could have probably made most of it um, – sorry, made more of it. Um, I got a few runs here and there, but um, I was definitely disappointed with um, – I could have scored a few more runs, I think. But um, then in the field, um, I really liked my opportunities in the field being on the boundary, um, stopping as many runs as I can. And I let a few through, but, um, yeah, I tried to catch everything, which was good. Taking those catches. What's your, you've got a great, you don't drop many on that outfield, Phoebe. What's your technique because you're a superb outfielder, great catch? Um, yeah, I try to go hands up all the time. Um, if, if you see me go hands down, you know I'm in trouble. But um, they actually, a few of them stuck this this year, so I was quite happy with myself. Um but yeah, I think just watching the ball really hard into the hands is um, is the is the key. I remember one catch at Hurstville um, where I think it was um, Haley Matthews from Hobart Hurricanes yes. hit one, and <laughs> I reckon about one second later it was in your hands. That had a bit of pepper on it, didn't it? Yeah, that was that was a hard catch. I can't believe I caught it. To be honest. I don't think you had time to drop it, um, Phoebe, to no. be honest. <laughs> yeah, I used all my body to try and stop it from put, like bursting through my body, to be honest, but yeah. Hey, what lies ahead for Phoebe Litchard? Obviously, back at school. We've, um, I've just caught you knocking off school today. Um, and then what about the few weeks leading up to Christmas and then what's on in the new year? Yeah, so um, back at school for a few days, which is nice to see everyone. Um, and then hoping to spend some time with family over Christmas. Um, yeah, just some downtime. I think all the players are keen to just have some time to relax. And then... Um, WNCL training um, starts race, uh, starts soon and then we've got um, tournament play – well, not tournament, but um, the season starting around February – I mean, January. Yep. And yeah. the WNCL, Phoebe, are you aware yet? Is it going to be a hub situation or hopefully just a home and away? I think it's going to be home and away, hopefully. hopefully. Um, just like with the borders opening and um, restrictions are being, being a bit less um, – yeah, a bit less harsh. So I think we'll be able to travel, hopefully. Yeah, it good. sounds good. Hey, now, b- before I let you go, Phoebe, um, can you give me your top three larrikins in the Thunder Squad <laughs> who made life so much fun in the bubble? And feel free to chuck a few more in if you have to. Um, okay, I would say Lauren Smith is an amazing <laughs> um, teammate. She's so much fun and definitely kept us all very entertained during the hub. Um, Sammy Joe Johnson's a great one too. Um, we, we pranked a few people, me and her and a few others, which was great. Um, Izzy Afraz is also um, a great addition to our squad as a replacement player. She she um, brought a lot of energy and a lot of things to do in the hub, which was good. Um, and also Heather Knight, she was actually um, in with the pl- pranks. So I think um, she surprised me, but yeah, they're all pretty cool. Oh, don't worry about those pommies, Phoebe. They've got a very no. wicked sense of humour. <laughs> You'll learn that. So, yeah. Well, uh, there you go. The rising star of Australian cricket on and off the field, Phoebe Litchfield, and we thank you for your time on the Cricket Library Weekly. Thank you for having me. Hey, guys, you're listening to the Cricket Library Weekly with Robbie McKinlay and Matt Ellis. A massive thanks to Phoebe Litchfield for becoming the latest member of the Cricket Library Weekly family. And thank you to you, Robbie, for taking time out to have a chat. Isn't she an impressive young person, Phoebe Litchfield? 
on and off the field doing great things and really appreciate her giving us some of her time on the Cricket Library Weekly. Well, Robbie. Yeah, she's a gun. She is a gun. And it's time now for us to bat, bowl, Detol. The Detol ODI series has been won by Australia. What a great result for the Aussies, Justin Langer and the lads would be pretty up and about, you'd have to say, Robbie. Yeah, great series, wasn't it? Very high scoring. Um, you know, it's a bit, <laughs> bit hard for the bowlers at times, yeah, but yeah, the Aussies, wow, the first game, you know, they roll out six for 374. Um, in his run chase, were okay, eight for 308. Yeah. Um, you know, but well short, like Steve Smith and Finch. Oh, but yeah, it, it was good to watch and, I think, look, I think early indications there were the um, Indians were just a little bit rusty with the ball, as were the Aussies, um, but they worked their way back into it. And I was quite, was, I think it was a great result for the series for India to get up and win that last one, Matty, because it sort of gives them a little bit of a lift, gives their spectators, gives their whole Indian army a real lift. Um, and I'm, I'm hearing that there's a possibility that for the SCG test, we could have a full attendance available. Yeah, word on the street is stadiums will be permitted to be full as of Monday. So yeah. I haven't heard any announcements around cricket libraries, but stadiums open means a massive summer of cricket. Uh, that's that's from a New South Wales perspective there and mm. uh, things certainly heading in the right direction. Highlights for the Australians, obviously, Stephen Smith, back-to-back hundreds, Aaron Finch tonning up there. But for me, mm-hmm. I, I was absolutely thrilled to see GJ Maxwell just lighting the place up in each of the three games. He he is an incredible yeah. player at the peak of his powers, Glenn Maxwell. Yeah, what I guess you're going to pretty well refer to that um, switch hit that he hit to six <laughs> at Monica Oval oh. on Wednesday evening. Oh, it was just extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary shot. Um, I was at the opening of the um, the new cricket hub um, or the handing over the keys down in Wodonga today um, and the people there was the talk of the town talking about the cricket from, from the Wednesday night. And Matty, you know um, Bradman stand pretty well at Monica Oval. Um, we've do. been there for a few games. Yeah. Um, and that's a big hit, isn't it? Because where the, he virtually hit that over the head of the, um, the Australian bench on the boundary line. So that's around about 70 metres. And then that goes another 30 metres up into that stand. Um, the, the gentleman in the cap put the catch down, but that's got to be 100 metres. And that's hitting the ball opposite. I know. Have you ever, how far could you hit? I know you're a right-handed like Maxie. Yeah. Um, and how far do you reckon you could switch hit one, Matt? I could probably hit it straight down square leg's throat, I reckon. Yep. At full yeah. power. Yeah. Yeah, 20 metres. Yeah. You know, you know. <laughs> but I was but, thinking more 18. You're very generous there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was remarkable. And Matt, I reckon um, for mine, Glenn Maxwell, um, anytime there's any white ball cricket played, he's the first pick for Australia because he's just such great entertainment value. Can you imagine all the kids at school um, today talking about that shot from Maxie from last night? It'd be the talk, wouldn't it? Absolutely. That, that's what it's all about. That inspires the love of the game. And those kids will be in the net, you know, wherever they are in Australia today, trying to hit that reverse switch. <laughs> It'll probably do the head in of a few old coaches around the place. But 
know, that's well, what it's all about, isn't it? Well, it's interesting you say that, Robbie. The amount of kids I see trying to play reverses uh, has increased quite dramatically in the in the last four or five seasons when I've been yeah. out and about in the schools. Kids are loving it. They're trying new things. They're taking risks and uh, trying to access 360 degrees of the ground, which is, is fantastic. Also on Glenn Maxwell, I thought his work with the ball in Canberra was, was good as well. Yeah. Five overs, none for 27. A, a nice surprise move giving him the new pill and probably probably took the Indians off guard a little bit there. Uh, yep. While we're talking about Indian cricket, Virat Kohli, is he just getting better and better all the time? Well, he, he's great already. Um, so I don't know what the next step from being great is getting. Oh. Um, yeah, well, he's greatness, I guess. So you know, I think he's a, I think he's the best batsman in the world in all forms of the game for mine. Yeah, just a shame he's only going to be here for the one Test match at the moment. Um, but. Yeah, I, I, we and a bit interesting one too, won't it? Because it'll be a you know we go to the pink ball, but at the moment we're, we're talking about white ball cricket. And just on that, um, for mine, um, we're very upbeat about Coley, but gee, the Aussies on a, on a downer was he in Warner? That type of injury, Matt. Yeah. Um, a lot of footballers have had that. That to me is more like a four week minimum injury uh, to get over that one. So yeah, that was a real blow, but. What it does do, it opens up the door of opportunity. And could that be young Will Pekoski? Yeah, we're, they're gonna, there's a bit of a battle coming up uh, starting Thank on you. Sunday at Tremoyne yeah. Oval. Yeah, um, with um, Joey Burns. So that's going to be a fascinating three-day contest, that one. But, yeah, but back to that, the white ball, the, the um, debt hole series, really good. Um, yeah, it's hard work for the opening for the quick bowlers, wasn't it, Matt, on those <laughs> really good wickets? And go just... Some of the shot making was just absolutely extraordinary, you know. Um, Steve Smith, you know, identical um, hundred back-to-back hundreds or sixty-two balls. That, like to do it two matches in a row or sixty-two balls. Come on, that's just that's just next level. Aren't we? Aren't we all rejoicing that Stephen Smith has found his hands? That's the biggest cricket story of the summer so far, Stephen Smith finding his hands and playing the way that he's been playing. Absolutely incredible. And we've got the T20s coming up. I'm excited about those. But what I'm most excited about is the day-night test match. It cannot come soon enough. And our resident cricket librarian, Matt Fiction, has a little... Reminder about that for us here with a little haiku poem, Robbie. Let's let's bring I it on. I thought he might. I thought he might. This has been in the wings. He, let's hear it. He, he hasn't disappointed. Let's have a listen. Oh, let's have it. Day night test cricket. Aussies take on India. Not far away now. Not far away now, Robbie McKinlay. You can hear the excitement in Matt Fiction's voice there a little bit, can't you? Yeah, he was. He loves his. I love. He loves his not pink ball cricket, and I. I knew that was coming. He couldn't hold that, could he? Does he? I'm just interested to know. He's a cricket librarian. Does he yeah. allocate work 
hours to write these haiku poems or does he kind of just do that in his lunchtime or around the dinner table with Mrs. Fiction? Oh, he have would to knock ask that him. up. We'd have to ask him. Yeah. He'd probably He spend... would knock that up in minutes. That's, that's, <laughs> that's not a – I don't think that's an issue about if, if, he, if he's doing it in or out of his work time, he'd knock it up. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a haiku he's a haiku poem machine, Matt Fiction. Well, Robbie, we are out of time. Uh, we must say a massive thanks again to Phoebe Litchfield for joining us. Uh, also, massive thanks to all of our regular listeners and our new listeners. Uh, we we love your work. We're actually number four currently in France. I heard that. We are the number four cricket podcast in France. French cricket is massive. Um, lots, yep. of, lots of people play French cricket and it's great that they're on board with the Cricket Library Weekly. So a massive thanks to all of our French listeners. Thanks to everyone around the globe that does tune in. We, we appreciate each and every one of you. Have, have a great week. We are back again next week. We're a day early next week because the Big Bash is starting. Robbie and I are going to yep. do a big wrap of the the squads. We're going to be running that our our magnifying glass over the squads and see if we can work out a top four based on on that info. Robbie, I know that that's what you'll be spending your spare time on between now and then, running your eye over those squads and getting getting your notebook filled up. I'm going to watch one more replay of the um, WBBL final and then I'm going to promise for everyone that that's it. I'll, I'll move on to BBL. And, hey, get to Sydney Thunder play first up in the BBL on 12th of December at Monica Oval. Well, it's not the Brisbane Heat, is it? It's the Melbourne Stars. It's the Melbourne Stars. Oh, about it. that's a Saturday afternoon special. I've, I think I've actually got that in my, my diary already. And guess where I'm going to be, Robbie, for – the opening game of the Big Bash Summer. I think it's the Hurricanes and the Sixers kicking things off. You're not going to Hobart. No, I'm not. I'm actually going to be out the back of Burke. You're not. I'm going to be in the back of Burke. So I might even I might even flood social media with some pics of me sitting out in the back of Burke watching some BBL action. I think it's going to be a massive night to kick things off there next week. We'll talk all about that. You, you'll, you'll be able to catch up with hey, me. Matt, yeah. Can you find, is there a sign that says back of Burke? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, there's not. Yeah, there would be. Oh, I'd love it. Can you take a photo? No, I just thought it was a saying. I didn't know it was actually a landmark. Yeah, no, there's, there's, uh, I'll, I'll get some, some photographic evidence for you and, and, I'm sure there's quite a few listeners of ours out in Burke as well. Uh, uh, hey, I'd love a mailbag. Imagine if we got we're able to get some mail from the back of Burke. Oh, that would be that would be top shelf. So if you are listening from mm. Burke, um, send, send us a postcard. No Matt's mailbag tonight. One hundred one R Bungle Gumby Road, Borough Bedeen. Uh, you can get your questions in there. There have been a lot of Christmas cards coming through, Robbie. I've got a bag full of Christmas cards there. So thanks to everyone who yep. sent Christmas cards. Please just leave a return address if you are sending Christmas cards so that we can send you a little – we've got cricket library magnets. We probably send you a cricket library magnet. Or um, the other thing that's really popular at the moment is cricket library stickers for your cricket bats. I know there's a lot of cricketers out there in clubs around Australia with proudly yep. – 
proudly displaying those Cricket Library stickers. So if you do send through a Christmas card, just put a return address and we'll make sure we get you a nice little package out in the mail as soon as Australia Post will get it there for you. Well, thank you, Robbie. Uh, we will we'll catch up again probably before Wednesday. We'll have our pre-Cricket Library recording meeting, as we always do, that often yep. goes longer than the program itself. Uh, but... <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Thanks thanks again, mate. I really appreciate having your company. And this has been Robbie McKinlay and myself, Matt Ellis, for the Cricket Library Weekly. Bye for now.